on today's show. The number one most effective mobilizers are veteran missionaries. You know, I mean, as as good as, you know, we think we do, Alex, as guys over here on the microphone telling you to go go overseas and go serve the Lord. um, There's nothing quite like going, I want to go work with Jason. You know, I want to go work with Jeff. You know, I'm just picking names. And um, because you're saying, hey, I can I can imagine myself in the trenches with these people I can imagine what we're going to do on a daily basis, and I want to go work with them. Uh, when those veterans have to relocate or come off the field, it makes it much harder to do mobilization, I would say. Stay tuned. And welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think Thinkers Go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE, joined yet again on a fine afternoon. It's afternoon for us. It might be any time of day for you, but nevertheless, I'm joined by Scott Dunford, pastoring in Fremont, California. How are you today, Scott? It's good. Yeah. I mean, today I was actually pastoring in San Mateo, California. I'm recording from Fremont, but, you know, as maybe our listeners don't know, um, I'm pastoring across the bay at Western Hills Church in San Mateo, California. So that's been uh, kind of a change, I think, since the last time we talked. Big life change for you. And uh, how would you say that's going? Two thumbs up? I love it. I I love it. And uh, I'm just really thankful to be able to continue to minister and uh, thankful for the new assignment and uh, you know, it's the, the needs of the Bay are, are there. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you can, I hope our listeners will be praying for us as we, as we minister now on that side, we're really close to San Francisco, about 20 miles south of San Francisco. And uh, you can imagine, you know, some of the challenges that are there. And um, so we're, we're really privileged to be able to work in one of the neediest places in America. Wow. Well, well put. Well, Scott, I'm sure we'll have many listeners praying for you. And, you know, it's good to catch up about life. But we do have a topic today. I think our listeners will be happy to hear that we have a topic to discuss today. That's always good when you're recording a podcast. And we've gotten a couple of questions. We had one listener in particular write in to us. Uh, I don't have the name in front of me, but uh, whoever wrote to us, you know who you are. And really, just hats off to you. you the real MVP. And that person's question was if we would discuss trends that we're seeing in mobilization, especially post-pandemic. It would be superfluous to say that we live in a changing world. And the question really is, what does that mean, not just for missions, for missions mobilization? Are there new people right now in this unique time, uh, especially in the U.S., thinking about leaving short-term or long-term? And where are they going? What does that mean for travel? There's so many things that we can discuss here, Scott. And of course, you and I, Man, our heartbeat is mobilization, right? That's how we started mm-hmm. together here at ABWE uh, seven years ago is when I started here. You you were here a little bit before me, but your heart and my heart both together on that mobilization team was to see new people step out into the harvest. You know, it's not going to be everybody, but man, God is always raising up sort of that elite fighting few who go to the hard places and do the hard things, right? Yeah, just off the top of my head, I mean, we wanted to see goers think and thinkers go. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you've some, ever, I don't know if you ever heard that phrase before, but the going was part of the whole down. deal. And uh, so, yeah. That's gold, Jerry, gold. 
Gold. <laughs> yes. And so, that, I mean, that is our heartbeat. And I, I think both you and I both have a, a heart for mobilization and seeing the nations uh, reached by the church being mobilized to to go and uh, yeah. to share the gospel where we're, at, where we're at, but also where the gospel isn't. And so it's, it's interesting. I just did a quick survey on the internet and how many articles have been written. There's been a number of articles written in the last year or two how many how many uh, articles are on the internet scott oh there there's there's dozens of articles on the internet <laughs> and uh, related wow. to mobilization post pandemic there's you several better. there too so uh it, it's been interesting to, that it is something that is not just on our listeners minds but has been something that's being thought about quite a bit in mission circles about you know what's changed and i think it'd be good for us maybe just to walk through what are some of the things that have changed post pandemic what have you seen, Alex? There, there's so many areas. Let's let's talk about technology. I mm-hmm. sort of sent a few questions out to some of the leaders within ABWE. If you're a new listener, the Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. ABWE is a global sending agency and heard from multiple people, number one, about the role of technology. Let's, let's start with some things that we can celebrate, right? Let's start on a positive note, mm. is that having, whether it's just simple virtual meetings with people who are considering uh, taking steps in missions, but maybe they're they're not close to an agency. They're not in a position to travel yet. Uh, but having the first conversation, people are a lot more receptive to meeting remotely and spending long amounts of time in conversation, discerning the next steps, but but doing so through technology. And that's helping people on the field as well. We've heard several stories of missionaries serving uh, in, in multiple places. Spain comes mm-hmm. to mind uh, as one of the places where uh, as church planting efforts are happening and there was a, a brief shutdown and a brief reopening, uh, that, that churches grew because they were discovered online. Of course, we see this happening in the U.S., but that's a global trend. That's a trend mm-hmm. that missionaries are picking up on. And, and it's just interesting because, Scott, you and I are, uh, we, we, we have a high ecclesiology, if we could say that, at least about as high as you can go for Baptists, right? We believe mm-hmm. that in-person gathering on the Lord's Day in the Lord's house Right is is God's normative means for yep. the church, uh, yes. including the way that we plant churches on the mission field. That 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 those things matter, and we're the type of people who never really would have thought about live streaming a service pre-COVID. Uh, right, it really wouldn't have been on our radar. We would have, I think, been more afraid of the negative ramifications of that. People uh, not wanting to engage in person, only wanting to engage online. And yet for us, in our local context, for the missionaries that I'm connected with, I'm sure for your church as well, uh, the fruit of that has actually just been your core people want to stay involved and, and plugged in. People want more face time with others. But then those who are new and discovering the church, they have a chance to audit the church for mm-hmm. the first time and figure out mm-hmm. if it's the right place for them. And it's been a catalyst for church growth. Growth is not always a, a good ends in itself, but in this case, it's the healthy type of growth where people know what you're about and they're saying, I want to be involved in that with you. Uh, I want to be all in with you. And so uh, there's a positive trend. Yeah. And and for people that just can't be in person. And uh, we think on the mission field, of course, of people in restricted access places or maybe remote places. But yesterday I had a chance to to visit with one of our shut-ins at the church. She's in her eighties and, uh, she was sharing with me how she's able to be online for a Bible study that she does with other people from the church, how she is not able to come out to church because of her health conditions, but 
she tunes in every single week and um, and uh, is engaged that way. And so it's not the same. Obviously, she desires so much to be in person. But what a blessing to have technology that now has become, if not native to everyone, at least something that even the senior citizens, many of them use very frequently and allows open doors in places that typically would have been shut. Uh, maybe a, a more challenging trend, though, is travel. Travel is mm-hmm. harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, short-term travel obviously shut down uh, across the board for uh, a number of different missions agencies uh, in 2020 and, and heading out of 2020 as well. Uh, it's still challenging for, for a couple of reasons. There's still some lingering rules. Uh, there's additional hoops to jump through. Uh, travel agencies themselves, airlines, uh, have just gotten worse, right? We, mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of seeing a lot of things fall apart, and it's just harder to fly these days. Of course, if you're committed to getting somewhere, you can get there. But yeah. needing a short-term trip, it's just harder. And right. It's not happening in numbers that are quite as great. And I, uh, I see maybe a parallel trend here, sort of like with the remote work revolution. It's like if people were kind of on the fence about their job in 2020 or 2021, uh, then they then they hopped off the fence. They they left their job, right? And and it, it's sort of like if people weren't totally committed to traveling or totally committed to going to a certain place, maybe for a short-term missions trip, uh, you're either all in or you're all out at this point because it's a, just a little bit more of a headache. It's a little bit more inconvenient. And so now the the only people who are traveling are the people that are really committed to doing so. You have less people that are doing it just to do it. Yeah, it's a disruptor. And uh, I think COVID is showing to be a disruptor. We'll see long-term whether it's the same level of disruptor as you know as 9-11, that was a big disruptor. Uh, certainly World War II was a big disru- disruptor. The Cold War following that was a big disruptor. And out of each of these disruptors, there was good things that came in the missions world and very difficult things that came out of the missions world. And I would say right now, it feels like travel is one of those things that has gotten more expensive, more complicated, and airlines have kind of reset. There's less flights going out. There's a there's a shortage of pilots. And so it's difficult. I mean, even you and I had that problem just a couple of weeks ago where I was going down to Radius and one flight got bumped and the next flight got bumped and pretty soon the whole day was going by and I never ended up getting yeah. down to radius. So yeah, for, that's just part of the reality to our radius content uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we're like, where's Scott? Uh, he's not fired. It's uh, you can you can blame the airlines. You, you wouldn't believe how many texts and emails I got going. Where are you? Why? Why is it only Alex all the time? And I, I wouldn't um, believe actually. I, the number. <laughs> you Was wouldn't believe that well, between between zero and and what would you say? It probably zero below and 5, the over under somewhere uh, the over under. Range. You might want to okay. hit the under on that one. Uh, for those okay, of you who are for those point. of you who are gambling on our podcast, which is <laughs> all know, of our fastest listeners, we just yes, lost them. We just um, lost them all, which means yeah, we, we lost just, ourselves. Yeah, and, and our Presbyterian <laughs> listeners even more so. Um, well, another, while another while, yeah. While we're buying the under, give us more depressing. News. Yeah, I mean, I, I was also going to say something that's changed a lot is even just the use of social media. Um, on the on the positive hand, you know, I think we've saw. I mean, with this isn't positive. But on the positive side. We're seeing more content online for people related to the gospel. What, I mean, I'm really always amazed. I'm always amazed, you know, at some of the good resources that my kids stumble across that are on, you know, the 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 different social media platforms. But on the negative side of that, and I think this is a direct result of COVID too, is just the fact that 
More people spent more time inside. More people spent time isolated. There's a lot more social anxiety. And so there's that negative side of how social media is really just consuming our minds and our hearts and uh, making us less available, I think, uh, for social interaction. That's a, I think that's been a negative. What I mean, obviously, you're, I think you would agree with me on that, but I'm curious as to how you've seen that impact things even related to mobilization. Yeah, I, as far as mobilization goes, I mean, it, the general trend is, is down. I think I, mm-hmm. I do think there's more harm than good most of the time with social media. I think it's a necessary evil. I think it's something that we can use for the kingdom and reclaim. And and I want to do that. I'm, I'm a believer in, in plundering the Egyptians. I think we can do that. Uh, but most of what we see is flaming hot garbage. It's trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our old producer here, Tito, would say flaming hot garbage. That would be how he would describe it uh, for the gospel, though. I think we see, and, and this is something where with our methodology being such that we believe in gospel preachers going to hard places, we believe, you know, be, how beautiful are the feet, right? Not necessarily how, how pretty are the fingers that type, right? We mm-hmm. believe in going, uh, but at the same time, we can't ignore, there are movements of people discovering Christ for the first time in hard countries through exposure to, to these things online, exposure to Christianity through the internet, through Google search. And we need to praise God for that. God is free to work in those ways. It's our job to come alongside of those trends with solid missionary sending efforts and church planting efforts. We don't want anyone to exist on an island. But when the Lord does something like that, I think we should celebrate it. But I think what's interesting is that at the same time, just going back to travel for a second there too, is is not only is it harder for new people to go, it also became harder for veterans to stay, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know of, of missionaries because of rules that maybe countries had around vaccines that right. because of their conscience and what they believed wisdom would hold, they they had to leave. Um, and I know of other people who had to leave for completely different reasons because it's it's sort of a, an adjacent trend, but technically maybe unrelated. I'm sure everything is related ultimately, but, well, but there are nations heading more some of them in, in a nationalistic direction of saying, let's protect our ethnicity, let's protect our distinct culture and identity. And of course, what that often does is kicks missionaries out, or mm-hmm. at least makes certain countries suspicious of foreign influence. And missionaries are oftentimes the collateral damage when those decisions right. are made. And so I know of a great number of missionaries uh, who've had to come off the field uh, some of them in sort of the baby boomer generation as well, just because statistically that was a lot larger of a generation than, than Gen X too. So if you're looking at global attrition studies of missionary forces across the world, you're going to see that there's a, a big number of uh, boomers that are reaching that retirement age. And of course, then the question becomes, are not only the Gen Xers, but millennials, Gen Z, are they going to pick up that torch? And are we going to be able to replace all of those? Or do we need to adapt our ministry models to knowing that we might have fewer bodies on the field and maybe we have to work smarter, not harder. And there was always also just the reality of, you know, when countries shut down in some countries, uh, especially in Asia, shut down for years, you know, they're just starting to, when I say shut down, I mean like functioning within that country, not, so you have a missionary that's going over, that's over there serving and now they can't leave their apartment for, years at a time <laughs> and mm. it just made right. sense you to come back too, right like that's a right 
Right. I mean, and imagine, you, yeah, you can't you, do ministry. Yeah. And then, but that gap leaves a hole. And so I think, yeah. you know, they're, they're like what we talked about with disruptors, this has been a major disruptor and it, you know, some people have ended up not going back to the country that they were in before they go back to another country or an adjacent country. Uh, some have stayed home. I, you know, every time I go back to the office, there's new people that are in the office that for whatever reason had to leave the field. And so th- when we think about mobilization, that is a, a factor because, the number one most effective mobilizers are veteran missionaries. You know, I yeah. mean, as as good as, you know, we think we do, Alex, as guys over here on the microphone telling you to go go overseas and go serve the Lord, um, there's nothing quite like going, I want to go work with Jason. You know, I want to go work with Jeff. You know, I'm just picking names. And um, yeah. because you're saying, hey, I can I can imagine myself in the trenches with these people I can imagine what we're going to do on a daily basis, and I want to go work with them. Uh, when those veterans have to relocate or come off the field or they're in a transition themselves, it makes it much harder to do mobilization, I would say. So, Scott, what are you, what are you seeing as you kind of survey some of the literature that's out there right now? Let's talk about short term because I think that's the biggest thing. People would ask me, especially in 2020 and, and early 2021, what are you seeing in missions? And actually for long-term missions, many of them were still getting, and the process lengthened, but they were still getting long-term residential visas to countries that were open, uh, or maybe even closed countries, but using different platforms. Uh, Some of those visas were still getting granted. It was the tourist visas and the shorter-term visas that weren't being granted. That was what was happening then. What are you seeing in terms of the short-term trends based off your research? Yeah, and this is mostly anecdotal, but I would just say, you know, two things. One, going back to the cost. I I talked to one leader of uh, another, an organization that does a lot of short-term uh, theological education trips. And, you know, they their, their costs are 50% higher than they used to be. And that makes it very difficult. When you go from raising $3,000 to go on a trip to now you got to raise $5,000 or whatever the number would be. Uh, that's extremely difficult, and it puts a lot of strain not only on the organization but also on the um, the people that are doing those trips. Now you multiply that with youth group trips. I think we're going to see more more youth groups taking short term trips to places they can drive. Um, yeah, not that that's a whole lot cheaper with gas prices the way they are, but it, it's a lot more difficult. And uh, I think that that's going to be a, a major shift. I, I know there's l- multiple countries that are still, you know, very difficult to to travel with groups. And if there's f- fewer flights, then it means there's fewer seats. And so getting those group rates uh, and getting enough seats on those planes becomes very difficult. So I think that's a, I, a trend that we'll see what happens long term. But airlines are recalibrating. Let me throw something out at you. I'm going to get your thoughts on this. So maybe that's not a bad thing. And I'm just oh, thinking out loud yeah. here. But But maybe it's good for some of the romance of short-term missions to die off. You know, whenever we're having conversations about missions with fellow believers, maybe it's somebody in your church here at home, uh, what's the one line that we hear all the time? Well, there's lost people here, too. Mm-hmm. And missions people like us, we tend to bristle when we hear that. And we're like, don't you know the difference between lost and unreached and unreached right, and right. unengaged unreached? And, yeah. And those categories are important. But I never want to push back too hard on a, a fellow believer who sees lostness as a problem. It's like right. whatever else you believe about the right way to do that, that I can work with. We agree lostness is a huge problem. And so if people's eyes 
are being open and they actually want to do real things in their community. I think with COVID, we saw the rebirth of localism. Uh, some of that had to do with education trends in the U.S. as well. And so mm -hmm. if your focus now, maybe as opposed to a couple of years ago, is a little bit more local, maybe by God's grace, that's good. And, and God's brought certain things to your attention. That's not necessarily a, a wrong or an anti-Great Commission impulse. There are lost people here to reach as well. And we still need to be reaching the nations. And that's mm -hmm. absolutely true. Some of the nations are in our backyard. Many of them aren't in our backyard. We need to continue to send. But that's where I kind of go back to this idea, Scott, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is maybe it's good that some of the mystique and the flair and the romanticism of short-term missions as a tourism, poverty tourism type of industry is sort of dying off. Let's maybe reserve that a little bit more now. And I'm not saying that those trips are dead, mm -hmm. but let's maybe just reserve that a little bit more now for people who are serious, for people willing to raise that extra 50% of trip costs, for people that are thinking, hey, I want to go here for a week or two because I'm thinking about spending four years here or right. I'm thinking about spending a career here. Maybe, maybe there's an advantage to that. Yeah, I can see that possibly being an advantage. Um, I mean, it's hard for me to say I want people to spend more money, but, uh, but yeah, sure. I, I think that certainly, I mean, you and I believe in the sovereignty of God, so God isn't surprised by this. This isn't destroying his agenda. Um, and there's probably going to be some good refining that comes out of some of these just challenges and time will tell whether this is a major shift that's going to happen it's going to totally change the course of mission work or whether this is just a temporary blip and things go back to normal. Um, I think after 9-11, we all thought, you know, things were dramatically changed forever. And some things were, but a lot of things went back to normal. Um, but, it, but it does seem like there's going to be some lingering lingering effects here. So that's, that's going to be a, an interesting thing for us to keep our eye on. Which of these trends do you think, Alex, um, are are temporary? And which of these things do you think are going to, you know, linger for a while. I know we, I'm asking you to put on your futurist, you know, predict, prediction hat. Um, but I'm just curious what you think. What are the things that you think are going to, do you think, do you think for instance, like this massive attra a, a, attraction to social media, do you think that's going to continue or do you think that's going to go away? If we're talking about how people are engrossed in technology, I, I don't see that changing. I doubt that you would see that changing either. I mean, I, I think that we live in some kind of a combination right now just in our western context between 1984 and brave new world right and, mm. and people want to be entertained uh we're entertaining ourselves to death to make a reference to that title and so i i don't see that necessarily turning for the better as far as churches and mobilization trends in the states in general uh here here's what i see I see two, uh, there's more than two types of churches. Okay, anytime you're like, there's two times of two, two types of fill in the blank, you know it's gonna be an oversimplification, okay? So mm -hmm. here's the heads up, oversimplification coming at you right now. Um, so don't throw stones at me, save your emails, email Scott and complain about me, keep my inbox clear. But let's <laughs> say there's two types of churches and let's just say missions-minded and not so missions-minded. Let, let's just accept that overly simplistic dichotomy right now. And certainly the churches in general, the, the majority of them, we see a little bit of constricting. Uh, but there's, there's two types of churches that I see growing. Churches that are solidly Bible teaching. One of the advantages of just the explosion of certain types of content on social media is people are really not okay right now with sort of regime-approved narratives. 
People want to mm. be told the truth. And I've seen so many congregants that are just hungry for scriptural preaching. They're, they're, they don't want to be entertained. They don't want mm-hmm. a TED Talk. Now, we've, mm-hmm. we've been talking about expository preaching. We've been talking about these types of things for decades. But there was an influx, and COVID brought about the circumstances where people could do a little bit of church shopping, and you could say that that's good or bad. But the churches that are growing are the churches that are preaching the Bible. That's number one. And number two, the churches that were already intentional and sacrificial about sending missionaries, they're growing, even while other churches are constricting. Mm. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and we know the Barna study that came out, uh, I think it was 2019, uh, that said that 51% of people didn't know what the Great Commission was. And then there's these other levels of people who are, well, I, I think I know what it is, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, basically, if you want to take all of those statistics that they came up with in the Barna study and boil it down to one ratio, five out of six church members don't know the Great Commission. That Mm -hmm. was essentially their finding. They don't really know what it is. And so what I'm seeing is that those five out of six, now that's individuals, but let's pretend that refers to churches too, right? So if five out of six churches, groups of church uh, goers, those are the ones that are dying. Those are the ones Mm -hmm. that are not seeing growth in their churches, but it's that one out of six. And the Lord knows what the real numbers are, but it's that minority that understand the critical importance of preaching hot gospel on the Lord's day and every single other day and going to the nations and sacrificing in order to be about mission. That's a minority. Don't get us wrong, but I'm seeing those churches grow. I'm seeing Mm. super healthy, abundant budgets in a lot of those churches. The Lord is blessing those. And there's no guarantee that our churches will succeed. God has promised us suffering, but it's just interesting to me. It's it's like those who weren't really serious are the ones suffering most, but those who are doubling down, I see the Lord blessing those efforts in a mm. lot of ways. I see him doing that in our own church too. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense because taking you're taking it seriously and people want to be a part of something that's that's serious and something yeah. meaningful and worthwhile. And so yeah. yeah, I think we need to encourage we need to keep encouraging churches to think about being on mission. Like that's Critical and churches that are on mission are going to be churches where people are mobilized uh, for cross cultural work. I think that's just uh, a given. I totally believe yeah. that. So, Alex, here's a question for you. You know, the, the, this is a question, dilemma, Scott. a dilemma that we face. I think you know, especially in in Christian leadership. At what point places do we just uh, embrace the changes? You know, I mean, there's certainly as a mission organization, it's different than a church. Uh, and there's times when we just need to go, okay, we need to roll with uh, the times. We need to, uh, you know, the Dr. Strangelove, uh, uh, you know, reference of stop worrying and embrace the bomb. You know, <laughs> about 3% of our listeners will understand that. Um, under, I understood know, the reference, but that's only because you told me you were going to drop that reference before we started recording. Well, you can't, you can't reveal all the magic, Alex. Come on, nah. you know, this is Radio One Hundred and One here. Um, Listen, our, no, but if our, dedica- if our dedicated listeners have been coming with us this long, I mean, we've been doing this five years. That's true. We'll that, they that know bow. there's no yeah, magic behind like the scenes. Behind the scenes edition, direct, missions podcast director's cut. Right, but it, but it's administered the gospel. There's so many times we just go like you know. Yes. cultural trends, whatever, you know, like, 
I'm going to preach and we're going to have a, 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 a sermon on Sunday morning. We're going to stand up and sing when no one else is singing in our culture anymore. You know, there's things that we do because they're the right thing to do and because we're commanded to do it, uh, even though it goes against cultural trends. Well, certainly use of technology and things like that are, you know, sometimes morally neutral, uh, sometimes not. But where do you think in this mobilization, some of these trends that we're seeing in mobilization, where do you think we need to say, okay, hey, we're, we're going to push back against the norms? And what are the things you say, hey, we can use this wisely for the glory of God? Well, not all things are created equal. So with each trend that we see that's happening, whether we'd say it's more positive or negative, what is our posture towards that trend? I mean, you know, let's, let's take a, a, a term... It's, it's not really so much a political movement as it is a mindset, right? Being conservative. We say we're biblically conservative. We have a conservative theology. We would use that term in politics as well. Well, well what do we mean by that? Well, that's a relative term. Uh, mm. it, it actually only has meaning in reference to the thing that it is that you're conserving. So what <laughs> right. are we trying to right. conserve in our churches, right? What do we really believe is critically essential? And I think for for how different people are wired. I'm somebody who just by default, I'm, I'm not a huge lover of change. I love mm. routine. You know that about me. We've worked mm-hmm. in the same office together. Yeah. You know, I'm a creature of habit. You're a little bit different. You like spontaneity, spontaneity. I can't yeah. even say it. It's easy for me to say. Um, and so <laughs> I, I think we need people like you can't that. even get the word out of uh, his mouth. We, yeah, I can't, I don't even know what I'm saying here. It's amazing. They give me a microphone, but we, we're going to have different approaches to that. So mm-hmm. if it's technology, what are we trying to conserve? Well, we're trying to conserve the Lord's gathering on his day of his saints to worship him, mm-hmm. right? And how can we use technology to serve that and build that up? Um, in our church, it's been an intentional decision of saying, let's have a live stream. Let's have it suck a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's make mm-hmm. it not so good that it could ever really replace church. So like if you're right. sick for a couple weeks, you'll be satisfied. If you're watching this for three months, you're going to be really dissatisfied. And you're like, I'm sure this is so much better in person. Right. That's just our strategic thing. And so there's different trends that we can look at and, and figure out what is it that we're trying to hold on to. I, I think mm. with mobilization, here's here's kind of my approach. Okay. In general, as I was saying a minute ago, we're seeing American churches on the decline in a number of different ways. Um, and yet there's that core growth in the middle of the committed, serious, gospel-centered, if you want to call it that, evangelistic, missional, whatever label that you want to apply. Uh, I, I think what we need to do is look at how do we have a bigger piece of a shrinking pie? So as the culture is pushing in against us, as we're finding ourselves maybe having fellowship with with other churches, other denominations that we wouldn't normally rub shoulders with, but it's because we're all in it together right? The pressure is coming at all of us from the outside. That's an opportunity to actually do more because we're breaking down some of those barriers. We're, maybe we're able to send more. Maybe missionaries are able to connect with more within these small networks of churches, but, but more that understand what they're doing. And as they're mm. developing partnerships to, to be funded and to find people that are going to cheer them on in their ministry, that are going to lay hands on them in that Acts 13 sense and send them on their way uh, in a manner worthy of the Lord, Third John, right? And so I, I think that if we're trying to have a, a a bigger piece of the pie in general, that can be 
fleshly, right? That can be a, an empire building mentality where I just want my ministry to grow, or I just want my agency, or I just want my program in my church to grow and to take the world by storm. And, and I want to be proud that I built something. But I think that even with this outside pressure coming towards us, we might see in general in this culture things not going a great direction. Uh, but if we're making the right connections, if we're partnering, if we're networking, we can actually grow. We can actually accomplish more. We can actually put more points on the board for the Great Commission. And we've really got to be careful not to let the pessimism get to us. Right, right. I, I can see so many good things that come out of it as well. And I and I agree. Like, we want with, with what you said there. But I also go, um, there are opportunities to at least begin the conversation with so many more people that that maybe have never thought those ideas before. I mean, this is not related to, to mobilization. This is this the, the way the gospel is working through the internet. Yeah, We had a young man uh, walk through our door about a year ago at church, uh, raised in a Hindu family, um, never heard the gospel before, reached a dead end in his life, uh, very distraught, and um, uh, started engaging online and came across a young believer who was sharing the gospel with him uh, then started being discipled by watching, I say disciple, really the Holy Spirit is doing this work because it was a video. He's watching a, someone's sermons online and becoming really deeply convicted of, about his need to be baptized and join a church, walked into our church for the first time and said, hi, you know, I am gave his name. Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe I need to be baptized and join a church. And that was the first time he had ever walked foot in a church. Mm. And, you know, got, getting to know the kid and walking through and talking to him about very mature and actually knew of a lot about the a Bible. And that was because of the work of someone in technology. And uh, so, and, and then became a very faithful church member. You know, so, so while the technology can't solve all the problems, it was a very unique and opportune tool that you, that God used to go into a, even though this was, you know, he only lived a few blocks from our church. He had never been into a church and would never have gone into a church until Christ saved him. And uh, very, very interesting how God can use that. And I'm wondering, you know, even just through, think about what we're doing right now. I mean, this is using technology for education and mobilization purposes. We don't think we're the end of missions in any way, but we do think that this could be a tool that God can use. And the more people that are native to technology, um, in some ways, the broader reach you can have. And so I think that could be, could potentially be a very, very good thing. Even think yeah. Alex, I mean, this is, this blows our mind sometimes when we look at the chartable, you know, statistics of who's listening to our show. I mean, the other day I was looking and we were like ranked like number 20 in Christianity podcasts in some very remote country. You know, I don't know if it, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was the Philippines or Macau or someplace like this. And you're like, what in the world? I mean, why are all these people in this remote place suddenly turning into the missions podcast? I, I want to know what the other 19 podcasts on Christianity are in Macau. Honestly, that's, that's more my question. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. The one that I remember seeing, it was a country that I was kind of surprised. It was a little bit larger. Um, you know, not, I guess that's a humble brag, but um, that was encouraging, right? To think, Hey, all around the world, this little podcast that you and I started to just encourage uh, our missionaries in our churches in our little corner of you know the ABWE world 
is hitting places that we never dreamed it would hit yeah. and connect yeah. with. And that that's a really, actually really positive, encouraging thing. Um, as well as just yeah. the ways our leaders are using this these tools for training and equipping for for future missionaries. That's incredible. Well, and, and I want to I want to take that and I want to tie that in with the story that you shared of the Hindu fellow, the mm-hmm. person who converted out of Hinduism. Right. I, I tend to think like a marketer because so much of what I do here is in that media and communications realm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing across the board, especially in developed contexts is that people's decision-making journeys are being pushed online to where a lot of those would have been offline decision-making mm. journeys before. So what might have been a one-off evangelistic conversation in times past is maybe the last step, whereas everything else that's happening, you don't know what they're searching for when they go oh, home. Yeah. You don't know what they're reading on the web. There's a lot more potential for gospel seeds to get watered in ways that you might not even be directly aware of. Now, if you're a missionary, that can be used to your advantage. Uh, I look at somebody in ABWE that I think does this really well, Caleb Suko, where he has online resources, podcasts, he's putting his sermons up for not just the people back home watching, but for the individuals on the field, the Ukrainians that he's serving. That's Mm. an extension of his ministry so that not only is there the impact of the people that he's directly preaching to or speaking with that are watching his life. There's also people that can, that, that can hear from him in all these other ways through multiple channels, right? That can be used to your advantage wherever you are. Of course, you've got to be smart about it. Uh, if you're in a closed country, your, your options are a little bit more limited. But just think of how you can have this whole online presence, not to compete with your physical presence as a missionary, but as a complement to it. That's something mm-hmm. that, that can be done. And the same is true in mobilization. I'm blown away, Scott, by some of the stories I've just heard in the last few weeks of ways that the Lord has used this show to lead people out onto mission. And some of them were already heading to the mission field, but for a lot of it was like, I'm looking for a missions agency that, that cares about the same doctrinal things that I do, that, that isn't going to be pragmatic. And Podcasting itself is this incredible opportunity to, to build these networks. And I think we have to think more in terms of building networks. Church planting, yes, but build other channels, build other institutions. By God's grace through technology, I was just listening to someone a few minutes ago talking about this as I was heading into the office here. We're not just talking about one service, one pulpit anymore. There's a number of different pulpits that you have access to, whether it's through social media whether Mm -hmm. it's through businesses, educational institutions. So if you're a missionary team or if you're mobilizing, create a hub of content. If you're planting a church, you've got your sermon on Sundays, but you can create a hub of content around that. You can start a school. You can do all sorts of things. Create a hub of institutions if you really want to impact your context and do that in a way that's, that's faithful and that's keeping a local church at the center, absolutely. But we know that it's not just about what happens on Sundays. It's what happens the other six days a week. And it's because of those things that that fellow uh, decided to leave Hinduism and come to that church. And the church got to pick that ripe fruit, right? That the Lord had already Mm -hmm. been nourishing and watering that seed sovereignly that had been planted by someone else. But the same thing can happen as we're trying to mobilize too. And as we're trying to lead people through our churches, let me give a shout out real quick to our friends at the missions course. The missions course is an incredible resource. Now, some of you from listening to the show know Luke Womack. You're familiar with the GoFund. 
uh, as we've had Luke on the show a couple of times to talk now about Now called this New Name. They have a new name. Loans for missionaries. They have a new name, which is Arrow Missions. And Arrow is the parent organization for these two programs. One is the GoFund and the other is the Missions Course. Because maybe mm-hmm. you've thought about, all right, how do I create content, though, that's pushing people into mission? Maybe I don't have time to weave that into every sermon every week. Maybe the sermon is only having this much of an impact, and we need something that will go deeper. You know, But maybe I don't have the, the time or the resources to, to do a 16-week college course to mobilize people. Uh, but can you do a six-week small group series? That's video-based. That's far more affordable. I mean, these are the types of things, whether it's a podcast, whether it's the missions course, all sorts of other resources, the articles on our website. You know, the Lord uses all of these things. He uses preaching, but, man, he uses these other things, too. Let's lean into those. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be doing this. Amen. It's so, and, I, and I think for uh, missionaries, you know, think about your online presence with an angle toward mobilization. You know, uh, it's... I think missionaries, we've already mentioned this in this show, but like I don't think they're always thinking about the influence they're having in mobilization. But as you're putting your content out on your blog or on your Facebook page or on your Instagram, be thinking about the future missionaries that might be watching that, thinking what it might be like if God called them to serve alongside of you. I think if missionaries were a little more intentional about all the things that are at their res- at their at their fingertips and the resources they have, and just understanding that part of that can be leveraged to help put on the mind of people that want to join them. I think it could go a long way in recruiting people uh, to come serve alongside them. Almost every missionary wishes they had a greater missionary force around them. And yet it's hard for missionaries to envision what they can do to mobilize. And I think that's a simple way, just thinking about your posts and what, how could this be received by someone who may be thinking about where to go serve the Lord overseas. One thing that I love, too, is you can you can use technology in that way to make your support team an intimate part of your day-to-day ministry, too. So I'm friends with a missionary. Uh, I'm sure a couple of our listeners might even be uh, in this person's signal group where maybe once a week there's a message that's sent to the group. Everyone knows, don't reply, don't use full names, right? We don't want to compromise this ministry in a restricted context. But there's usually a photo of a group of several locals that this family is working with. And all the faces are blurred, right? All of the religious words, there's character substitutions, all the things that we do to, to maintain good uh, security guidelines and stay safe. Uh, and, and pseudonyms, too. The People are just being named nicknames, uh, not even real names at all. Mm-hmm. But it's enough because it's, it's, not an, it's not an email newsletter that goes to my junk. Uh, it's it's not a, a, a presentation in my church on a Sunday that I might only hear once every four or five years when you're home on f- furlough. Uh, mm-hmm. I can follow with you. I can know that you led a Bible study last night, and I can see that prayer request. I can pray for those people by name, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. I can envision their faces, sort of, uh, and mm-hmm. be a part of that. I mean, that's an incredible way to mobilize someone to serve with you, but also just mobilize someone in prayer in real time. Yeah, yeah. I, I use an app that I don't know if you can use it overseas or not. I've never tried it, but called, have you ever heard of Bless Every Home? BlessEveryHome.com. Nope. You can type in your address and it give you the names of how many neighbors you want. So I have like a list of like 40 neighbors. It gives me their address, their names, and I pray for them on a daily basis. And it gives me five wow. of a day that I'm praying for uh, that I just keep on my, on my mind. And wow. that's just an incredible tool that someone came up with to mobilize yeah. people to pray for their neighbors. And, uh, 
Um, I, you know, I think there's no end to what this next generation can think of as far as tools to mobilize people in the ministry. I think that's an incredible opportunity. If I could kind of end us though, on a note that's challenging, Mm -hmm. that is something that our, our younger generations are good at right now is new technological tools. Tools still have to be wielded. And so I think the thing that we, we need to keep front and center with this whole conversation, especially about technology and exciting new things, it still takes people willing to do the thing. And I think some wishful thinking out there might be, well, technology is making so much of this easier now, and, and we have to check our hearts. We still mm. need feet on the ground, mm-hmm. boots on the ground, right? Beautiful feet that will go, whether it's across the street, whether it's to your own dining room table, discipling members of your household, right? But especially to the nations mm-hmm. and to those unreached and unengaged or minimally engaged places. Uh, there's good and bad trends coming out of COVID. God is sovereign, but he's always using people and the need to send laborers into the harvest, Matthew 9, 38, that's not going to go away anytime soon too. There are no, as, as a, as an author whom we've discussed recently on this show might say there are no shortcuts to success, right? <laughs> we need mm-hmm. to pray that the Lord would, would build into our, our hearts, our families, our homes, our churches, and the missionaries that we support a, a resilience that we're willing to undertake risk for the sake of the gospel. That hasn't changed at all. And one thing COVID did was it exposed in some ways how risk averse many of us were. And of course, for different people, there's different levels of risk. But anytime you're dealing with crisis, you realize that these are eternal things. These are matters of life and death. And we've got to, uh, you know, to use the line from Shawshank Redemption, we're making all sorts of uh, pop culture references in this show, Scott, but get busy living or get busy dying, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. hey, there's a lot of work to be done, and uh, things are Amen. always changing. If we get stuck in what we've done in the past, as far as mobilization goes, that's uh, not very helpful. We just got to keep thinking and praying and and asking God to continue to 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 send forth laborers into the harvest. The harvest is plentiful, uh, but we we know from experience and from Scripture that the laborers are few. And uh, I think that's a prayer request the Lord delights to answer is when we ask Him for more laborers. For the harvest, so um, yeah. keep be, keep being busy about prayer and uh, the work that God calls us to do. And so, listener who wrote to us with your question about trends that we're seeing in mobilization post COVID, uh, I don't know if we answered that question. I guess we did. I, I think we did. Uh, it's kind of like nailing Jello to the wall. You don't want to make any general statements, uh, but but we 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 worked our way out of this one, Scott. I, I think we faked our way through this episode. We've faked our way through another episode of the Missions Pod. I didn't fake. Uh, this is the best I got. So, yeah. Well, and if you're still with us by the end of this episode, maybe we should be leaving you, listener, the positive rating and review. Um, but why don't you share the love? If this show is a blessing to you, leave us a positive rating and review in your platform of choice. Hit subscribe, or if you're an Apple Podcasts, hit follow. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the subscribe button and hit the bell as well so you get notified when there's new episodes, which, by the way, happens every Sunday night at 7 p.m. And, of course, don't forget that the Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. To learn more about ABWE, head on over to abwe.org. Maybe the Lord's burdening you to go or to help send someone else. You can find out how to do that on our website. You can also support the show at missionspodcast.com slash support. This is a ministry, and so we support. uh, We thank those who join with us in supporting the show. If you have any questions, maybe you want your question to become a long-form conversation like this, email alex at missionspodcast.com or scott at missionspodcast.com. 
And one of us, depending who you email, will see that message and will be able to respond to it because technology unites us. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for being with us this week. We'll see you next week.